Thank you, Linda. Thank you, Linda, for that reminder of how marvelous and how wonderful Jesus' love is for all of us. We're glad you're here today to worship him and the beauty of his holiness. Thank you for coming. It's my joy to be able to welcome you. And if you are a guest, especially our first-time guest, we have a gift for you out on the Welcome Center. Uh, just pick up a bag on the corner of that Welcome Center, and there is some information inside there. But we're glad that you've chosen to worship with us today, and we're glad that you are here. Thank you for joining us by those of you who are joining us by live stream. We welcome you, and we pray that you, along with everybody in this room today, feels God's presence as we worship him and enter into his presence. Why don't you take a moment to stand and greet those around you in the name of the Lord this morning. join as we lift our voices in praise together singing about Ferris Lord Jesus.
and you join as we sing about how great our God is. The splendor of the King, Lord in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, and trembles at his voice trembles at his voice how great
Thanks. You may be seated. Well, just a, a taste, a little bit of glory divine of what heaven's going to be like one day, singing praise and glory to the only one who is worthy to be praised, how great God is. Would you all agree that God is a great God this morning? He is a great God. Amen. And we are here today to worship Him. We are here to tune out the distractions of the world and to focus in on how great He is. And no matter how great our problem is, our God is greater. No matter how large our worry, our fear is, God is greater. No matter what your sin is today, God is greater. Greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. And we come today to give him all praise and glory. One of the ways we do that is by coming to him in prayer. I'm so thankful that we are a church that believes in the power of prayer. And every week, if you're in this place, you're invited to come to this altar where you can kneel or stand or you're welcome to pray from wherever you are. Certainly those of you watching today on live stream or YouTube, you can pray wherever you might be. But at this time, I invite you to join me as we lift up our prayers together. Would you come pray with me today? May we pray together. Oh God, how great you are. Thank you that we feel your presence in this place today. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that guides us and convicts us and comforts us and strengthens us and Father changes us through your divine power. And Father, there is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. Thank you for this time where we can pause, we can rest from our hectic lives and busy schedules and Father, overwhelming circumstances to be still and know that you are God. Thank you, God, for your promise to be with us. Thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, today we acknowledge how great you are and how weak we are without you. And I pray, God, for these folks at this altar, people praying from their seats, people praying, watching this morning from their homes or on vacation, wherever they might be. I pray that they might feel your presence and know that they are not alone. Father, we pray for folks that are grieving. We ask that you would continue to comfort them and strengthen them. Father, we continue to pray for Sandy and Lloyd-Jones and the loss of Sandy's father, that you would comfort them, strengthen them. Father, we continue to pray for others who have experienced loss, that they might feel your presence and your peace. Father, for those that are in the hospital, those who are battling 
COVID or some other illness, would you anoint them with your healing power? And God, it's great to see some people back at church today that have not been feeling well and been battling pain and sickness. We give you glory that they could be here to worship you today in person. Father, we continue to pray for this country, for our leaders. We pray, God, for revival in our land and in our world. Father, may it begin in each of our hearts. It must begin with us individually before we will see it spread across the world. So, Father, if there would be anything in me or in us that's not holy, that's not pure, remove it. Because you tell us, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So may our hearts be pure so that we can see you at work today. Father, I pray now that you would just bring comfort to those again who are grieving, strength to those who are weak, guidance and direction and salvation to those who are lost. And Father, bring renewal to those maybe who have drifted away from their relationship with you. This is a new day. We give you praise, Father, for second chances, multiple chances. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. And I ask now, God, if there would be folks here that have never placed their faith and trust in you, that today might be a day of salvation for many and that they might acknowledge their sin, ask for forgiveness, repent from the old ways and begin to walk in newness of life through Christ. May this be the day. And I ask now, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would continue to move through the music and through the message and through this time of fellowship. May everything we say and do be glorifying to you, for it is in the strong and holy and precious and powerful name of Jesus Christ, we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you so much again for being here today. And special thank you to all of our musicians who lead us so beautifully. And after the reading of God's word, our choir will be coming to sing for us. Thank you all for being here, ladies. Thank you all for playing so beautifully. And our worship team for leading so powerfully. It's a great day to be in God's house. And the sun is shining. And it is a great day to be a follower of Christ. We'll be reading one verse out of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Thank you, choir, Bill, for leading so powerfully. And what a great, encouraging song to press on, no matter what the circumstance. Onward, Christian soldiers. Always like to start with a little humor uh, that one of our members shared with me last Sunday. I was down in the uh, fellowship hall and uh, fellowshipping with some folks, eating a donut, when one of our members came up and said, Todd, I, I asked that you would pray for me and my family. And I said, sure, what, what's going on? And said, well, my ex-wife died in an accident over the weekend. I said, I'm so, so sorry. He said, yeah, it was really bizarre. They were run over by a bus. And I said, I'm at law. I am so sorry. I, I didn't hardly know what to say. And they said, you know what the worst part is? I said, what's that? I said, they're not going to let me drive a bus anymore. After. <laughs> I mean, that's... That's a little... I, yeah. And what's so funny is this person, they're such a soft-spoken, kind-hearted, you know, and they really reeled me in, you know, and had me uh, just, and then boom, dropped the line. And they said, you don't know how long I've been waiting to tell you that. <laughs> for the last several months, uh, we have been looking for a car for my 16-year-old daughter, Sophie. See, she had a car before, but just as many of you remember, after the first week of having her permit, uh, Sophie and I were in a head-on collision, which we praise God, um, and I thank him every day for saving me, not only my soul spiritually, but for saving Sophie and me physically, because it could have been a lot worse. And needless to say, after that head-on collision, her car was totaled, and my daughter has been a little bit hesitant about getting back in the driver's seat, which is understandable. And uh, I know there are many of you here today, and maybe you've been looking too. Not looking for a car, but maybe you've been looking for love, or you've been looking for friendship, or you've been looking for work. You've been looking for a church home. You've been looking for significance in your life, or purpose, or or value, or meaning in your life. And maybe you're like my daughter, Sophie. You're a little bit hesitant to get back in the driver's seat. Why? Because your heart has been broken. Or maybe you collided with a co-worker at work. Maybe your life has been wrecked with some kind of pain as a result of you serving and now you've been hurt and you don't know if you want to get back in the game because you've been injured. Maybe you are still looking for direction and answers and for God's will in your life. It seems like everyone is looking or searching for something. I think that's why back in 1980, uh, Johnny Lee, country singer, had a hit song, Looking for Love, in all the wrong places. Let's all sing that together. I've been, I'm kidding you. <laughs> and then in 1987, Irish rock band U2 
had a number one hit song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. You see, there was a spiritual yearning that they were looking for in their lives and they had not yet found. I believe there's a spiritual yearning in all of our lives that we have not yet found what we're looking for. In our scripture passage today, we're back in the book of Ephesians. We've been there two out of the last three or four weeks. But remember, Paul was writing this letter not only to the church at Ephesus, but it was a circular letter that went to several of the Christian churches trying to encourage these believers to fulfill God's eternal purposes for their lives and the high goals that God had set for the church. Paul is believed to have been in prison in Rome in his own rented house when he wrote this letter to the church at Ephesus. And I believe today this letter can speak to you and me and this particular passage can speak to you and me because Paul was talking about how we were dead in our transgressions, but through Jesus Christ, we have been made alive. Aren't you thankful today that God brings life through his mercy and his grace? We all need it. We all need it. But we've been going through a sermon series for the last several weeks called Rebuilding God's Way. We have been looking at some tried and true principles of how we are to rebuild God's church after this devastating time we have gone through, through this pandemic. Let's say some of you all have been a little bit hesitant about getting back in the driver's seat. You've been a little bit hesitant about coming back to church. You've been a little bit hesitant about getting around a large group of people. You've, you've been a little hesitant about getting back in the game called life because fear has consumed you and, and overtaken you. But I believe through Scripture today, God can encourage you and encourage me. Last week, if you were here, we talked about the principle of harmony or unity. We talked about how God blesses harmony and unity in his church. And we know how the devil works over time to bring division and disharmony, but God blesses through his spirit when we are one. Today we come to the next principle, which we could call participation or involvement or maybe even commitment. And I believe today God can help you and me if we've been looking to find what we're looking for. But we must realize, first of all, that you have been made special. You have been made special. In verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 2, Paul wrote, For we are God's handiwork. Well, other translations might say workmanship or work of art. The actual Greek word translated uh, workmanship is poema, which actually is the root of our English word where we get poem. It means a masterpiece. And to know that we are all God's masterpieces. Did you know that? We are all God's work of art. And you think about what David wrote in Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. For you created 
my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And the comparison Paul had is that, if you would look in Ephesians 2, 3, for you were once gratifying the desires of your sinful nature along with its thoughts and desires, you were an object of wrath. Now we have gone, because of God's grace, from being an object of wrath to being a work of art, to being a masterpiece. Aren't you thankful that God is not done with you and me? We are Christians under construction. We are works in progress. We have gone again from a, an object to a beautiful work of art. Know that you are special to God and you are special to this church family. But know this, that the devil is in the business of lying to you and lying to me. I guarantee you there are some of you that are here today, and how do we know he lies? John 8, 44. He is a liar and the father of all lies. Some of you are here today, and you're not feeling very good about yourself. Some of you all looked in the mirror before coming today, and you, you didn't like what you saw. I'm not just talking about physically. And some of y'all maybe didn't like what you saw physically. But many times we look in the mirror. When we look in the mirror, we say, I don't like that person I see. I don't like the person I've become. Some of you don't feel good about yourself because of a mistake you made or, or something that you've done in your life that you're not proud of. And know this, that God loves you and he will certainly forgive you. I love what Rick Warren said that you are not an accident. He said your parents maybe didn't plan you, but God did, and God doesn't make mistakes. And if you're feeling less than your best about yourself, don't listen to the devil's lies. Because God very much does love you, and you are special. You were made special by the great creator himself. You know, just a few weeks ago, I was in the back of the church greeting uh, people as they were leaving or, or saying a word to people. And, and I was there in line. A beautiful young lady came through the line. And she was weeping, trembling, shaking. And Larry Demerit, one of our members, was there with me, and she was just overwhelmed of what was going on in her life. And to think this beautiful young lady with her whole life ahead of her said that she had contemplated that very week taking her own life. And Larry and I prayed with her right then and there as we prayed that the devil would not have any glory or victory in her life, but only God would be the victor and that he would reign supreme. And you never know when you come in on a Sunday that the person next to you might be dealing with a life or death matter, that they are trying to figure out what God's plan is for their life. And I want you to know today, whoever you are and wherever you are, that you are made special by God, for we are God's 
workmanship, his uh, handiwork. We are his work of art. We are his masterpiece. And don't let the devil tell you anything less than that. But not only are we made special, but we are made to serve. For we are God's handiwork. And we are made to serve, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Now, we are not saved because of our good works. We are saved for good works. You understand? As an outgrowth of our relationship, personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then we are called to serve him. Do you know the way that we serve God is by serving others? That's how we serve God, by serving others. And if you want to feel like you are a part of the family of God, then you have to be willing to get involved or to participate or to, to become committed. I hate it when we lose people through the cracks or out the back door and they might say, I never felt like I was a part, or I never felt like, and I always say, what have we done wrong? But then also, that's a two-way street. How much were you willing to get involved and to participate? How committed were you? Because if you're not very committed, you're not going to feel like you're a part of the family of God, the body of Christ. We are all called as followers of Jesus, to be ministers. Did you know that? We're all called to be ministers. As a matter of fact, Paul said in Romans 12, 6, we all have different gifts according to the grace given to us. And he says in verse 7, if it's serving, then serve. And then we read Peter writes in 1 Peter 4, 10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Is that not why Jesus came into the world? In Matthew 20, 28, it says, Just as the, as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but rather to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Guess what? A church will begin to die when its members stop serving. But as long as the body of Christ is active in our service, it will remain a healthy, growing, vital part of this community. Let me ask you, when's the last time you served? And are you serving? It takes, as we talked about last week, a team effort. Everyone using our gifts your talent, your gift may not be mine and mine may not be yours, but they are all needed and they're equally as important as we serve together. And I pray that you will continue to serve. I have a funny story a little bit of, and some of y'all remember this story, years ago when we were, when we had voted to build the crawl center in the gym next door, we visited some churches that already had a gymnasium. And there we were asking questions and, and looking how they operated, their volunteers and all that. And, and I remember our building committee, we went to one particular church and the pastor was giving us a tour and the church was about the same size as ours in number. And one of our building committee members said, well, 
you know, how do you all operate? He goes, well, I'm the only paid staff at this church. And it was a church, again, our size, maybe even a little bit bigger. And he said, I'm the only paid staff. And we said, well, how in the world do you function? How, How do you operate? He said, we do it all through volunteers. Now, again, this is a church about our size, a little bit bigger. And he said, we have 400 volunteers that keep this church going and growing. And we're like, 400? Are you kidding me? And one of the building committee members said, how in the world do you get 400 of your members to volunteer? And this were his exact words. I tell them, work or get out. That's a true story. True story. And you know what? We need each and every one. And there is something for everyone. We need our youth to be involved. We we need our senior adults to be involved. We need young families to be involved. There's a place for everyone to serve. We need volunteers in our children's wing. We need volunteers over at the Cross Center. We we need volunteers to teach classes. We need volunteers to to greet. We we need volunteers to to be discipleship leaders. We we have so many areas of service. And I know what some of you all say, I've, I've served my time. I'm passing the baton. Look, we need you every age. There's some folks in our church, many of which are older ladies who are retired, you've heard me share, who make prayer shawls. They knit or crochet prayer shawls, and they're taken to nursing homes, to the VA hospital. They're taken to the hospital maybe when a baby's born. They're taken maybe to a a guest that's visited the church if we have their address. But as of today, I think they've crocheted or knit 1,400 prayer shawls with the love of Jesus. And I'm grateful for Sue Ann McCullum, who heads up that ministry, who every time, not only does she make prayer shawls, she volunteers down in the Cross Center, and while she's at the desk, she's crocheting more prayer shawls. For every stitch, they're praying praying for people so when these prayer shawls are delivered, they can say, these have been prayed over for you. Isn't that beautiful? And God can use you. You just have to say, Lord, here I am. I'm willing. I'm willing to serve. I believe in you, Lord, and I believe in what God is doing in this church. And I want to use whatever gift and talent I may have to make a difference for your kingdom But he says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works for which God prepared in advance for us to do. Lastly, I want you to know we are made for significance. We are made for significance. Did you catch that which God prepared in advance for us to do? I think about what Jeremiah and Jeremiah 1.5 when The Lord said, before before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. 
And then in that beautiful passage, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And we know God has a purpose and a plan for all of our lives. And so many people, as I've said so often from this pulpit, try to fill a God-shaped void with everything but Jesus Christ. There is a God-shaped void in everyone. But only through Christ does our life have significance or have meaning. And so maybe you've been looking for love in all the wrong places. You sing, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Well, I pray today you would find the answer in Jesus Christ. Because when our identity is in Christ, we are more than what we do. And I pray you would find meaning to know you are special and you were made to serve and your life was created for significance when we place our faith and trust in him. I, I want to close by sharing a story you all have heard me share before. And, and I've made a lot of mention um, from some books that have spoken to me through the years one of which was a bestseller years ago, I often refer to because it's been helpful during this series, is why I've quoted from him quite a bit, Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life book, and, uh, and also from the book that Dr. Carter gave me, Bill Carter, uh, When God Builds a Church, that Bob Russell wrote from Southeast Christian. And I've, I've made references to these books so often because, again, these are principles that have been tried and true, but I close by sharing a story that Rick Warren shared about his own father. And you might recall the story. He said his father had been a pastor for over 50 years. And he said that his father mainly was a simple man, simple preacher who primarily preached in small rural churches, country churches. But he said his passion or his mission was to go across seas and build churches. And he had built with teams, mission teams, around 150 churches through the course of his life. And he said in 1999, his father was diagnosed with cancer and he was dying. And he said the last week of his life, he was coming in and out of consciousness and he was moaning and, and sometimes speaking. He said one particular day, his wife and his niece and Rick Warren were there by his father's bedside in the hospital. And his father in a semi-conscious state as he was dreaming and, and speaking, he began to say, I got to save one more for Jesus. Got to save one more for Jesus. And he was trying to get out of the bed and his wife said, Jimmy, what are you doing? Where, where are you going? And he said, I got to save one more for Jesus. Rick Warren said he took his dad's frail hand and he said tears began to rolled down his face, and even at the end of his life, he was trying to fulfill his mission to bring people to Jesus. And he said, almost like a 
commissioning service, his dad then took his frail hand and placed it on his son's head and said, save one more for Jesus. Save one more for Jesus. Rick Warren said that's what he's tried to do with his life. Psychologist and philosopher William James said many years ago, uh, the best way to spend our lives is to invest it in something that outlasts it. To invest in things that will outlast it or people. Guess what? The kingdom of God lasts forever, and the only thing that lasts forever is our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that lasts forever. Everything else is temporary. And if you've been trying to find significance in your sports or in your work or, or in your, your material possessions or temporary, you're always going to come up short. It's not until we invest our lives in Jesus Christ that we will find significance and purpose and eternal meaning. So what about you today? First, have you given your heart and life to Jesus? Have you said, I'm, I've made mistakes. We all have. Lord, forgive me. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. He'll do that. He loves you that much. He will forgive you no matter how bad you've been or how good you think you've been, how royally you've messed up. Life is worth living because we were dead in our transgressions. Paul said, and we were made alive in Christ. Or maybe you're a Christian and you've gotten off track and you've, you've allowed the world to just bring you in, pull you in, and now you don't know what you're going to do. Turn it over to Jesus. Say, help me. I, I've, I'm in deep, but I want out. And he'll provide a way for you and me. Or maybe you've been looking for a church home. I I love that I see some folks that have been here for years, and I see folks that I've never met before here today. I love that. I love that God is bringing people in through this rough season, devastating season. He's breathing new life, breathing new life, knowing that he is still in control and that God is here for you and for me. So however the Holy Spirit leads, in just a moment, we're going to sing a, a hymn of commitment to say, you know what, I'm ready. I'm ready to, to serve, and, and however the Lord wants to use me, I'm a willing servant. And whatever you decide to do through God's leading, he will bless you and use you, I promise you that, whatever it may be. Or if you want to say, I'm ready to join a church family. We've been looking, and I'm ready. We're ready to be a part of what God's doing at this church. Won't you come as we pray together? Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that you would bring people to Jesus. And Father, if we could just do our part, and I know we don't save anyone, it's you that, that brings salvation, but you use people to serve. And Father, I pray that each and every one of us, whether it's cleaning the stairwells, or we have a, a sweet member who many times has cleaned the bathrooms without any recognition, without any fanfare,
think about all the people that served in that church, an elderly gentleman using a tennis ball on the bottom of his cane to clear off scuff marks from the gym floor, or another elderly man cleaning all the water fountains regularly, or whether it's staying in the nursery or, or cleaning the chairs in the fellowship hall or wiping stains off the pews in the sanctuary. God, there's something we all can do. And I pray, God, today that there would be some Christians who would step up to the plate and say, I want to be an active part of what God's doing in this church. Lead them today. Or Lord, again, maybe there's someone that's looking for a church home, a family, and they feel your presence here, and, and they want to make their lives count. They want to have significance. May they join our team as we do our best of sharing the light and love of Jesus. Oh, God, give us the strength to come. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you at this time, if you're in this place, to stand. And won't you come, if you're watching, and you would like to make a decision, it would be my privilege to pray with you, or one of our staff would be delighted to pray with you about your commitment. But won't you come as we sing this hymn of commitment?
much for being here today and allowing the Holy Spirit to be in this place. And so grateful for my sister in Christ, Judy, who wants to serve and do more, which she and her husband, Joe, are already active serving. And I'm so grateful for her heart to want to do whatever she can to make a difference for the kingdom of God. So no, no matter how young or old or in between we are, God will use you and me if we are willing to be used by him. Thank you so much. Please know that we do have a couple of discipleship classes going on this evening. There will be more starting up in the near future. If you would like to be involved, we would love for you. We'll have a mission project for next month. We'll be letting you know more about in the upcoming days. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you'll come back Wednesday night. Uh, we have some very special testimonies that are going to be taking place this Wednesday. We have a delicious meal at 5, followed by a time of uh, prayer and devotion. But this week is going to be a little bit different. You don't want to miss it. It'll be a great, great uh, night for sure. And that'll be at 6 o'clock here in the sanctuary. And please know we have uh, youth and children's activities that go on tonight at 6 o'clock. And we'd invite you to come. Be a part of these great times in the Lord. Thank you all for being here. Bless you all. What a great crowd on a beautiful day. I hope you have an awesome afternoon. We hope to see you back real soon as, Bill, you lead us in a closing song. as we go from this place may we live our lives in such a way to bring glory and honor to you how great you are God and how grateful we are for your mercy and grace in Jesus name amen